construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Well, welcome golfers to another episode of Flagstick Podcast. Um, I am your host, one of your hosts, Jeff Botter, and uh, Flagstick Podcast is uh, presented by Zrixon Golf Balls. Um, I have personally been using this Zrixon Golf Ball for quite a while, and uh, it's been perfect for my game. Whether you're looking for a premium urethane option in the Z-Star series, a quality budget option in the soft field, or somewhere in between with the Q-Star Tour, Zrixon Golf is bound to have an option that will work for your game. For more information, visit Zrixon ca uh, i want to welcome back in again my good friend and co-host mm-hmm. scott mcleod scott welcome welcome back to uh, ontario good morning yeah it's <laughs> nice nice to be back a couple a couple weeks away and i think we'll get into that a little bit later as we talk about Absolutely. travel and stuff a little bit but uh got down to prince edward island and it was kind of nice go see some family I did run into some uh some readers some That's listeners shocking. as well which was fun you know, wandering along the paths of uh, national parks, and all of a sudden people go, hey, Scott, how are you? And next thing you know, it's like, oh, okay, start talking about the two-ball championship, a number of things, and uh, I just saw that person sign up for the two-ball championship last week. So, uh, yeah, you never know after 25 years oh. uh, where your readers and listeners are. It's uh, it's all, it's highly unlikely that there's a trip that uh, either one of us will take anywhere where you won't bump into somebody who uh, who has been a flagstick uh, reader, still is a flagstick reader, follows things through flagstick.com. Um, I mean, after 25 plus years, the, the connection to golf uh, uh, worldwide for us is, uh, is uh, pretty, pretty extraordinary. So that, doesn't shock me or surprise me whatsoever. Yeah, it's still it's it's still it's still uh it still sets you back a little bit when all of a sudden somebody, you know, you run into somebody or whatever, but uh yeah, it's kind of neat. Cool. All right, now we do have it's been it's been a week uh, since the last episode. Um we've we've kind of uh through the last few weeks been kind of taking things a little slower. Uh yeah, a little but slower we're pace, mid summer. We're back at it, and um, we have a great show this week, uh, as always. Um, some great discussions uh, on some news and, and golf tournaments that can that continue to happen. It's starting to starting to wind down a little bit, but slowly it's yeah. starting to wind down. Not uh, not at a rapid no, the pace. Last, the last two weeks have been uh, a little bit wild, but yeah, yes. now we're Is getting it, to we're anybody getting that follows national... anybody that follows things on social media, Twitter and and uh, Facebook and so on knows that uh, yourself and uh, and at Flagstick Joe, Joe McLean mm-hmm. have been very busy uh, throughout the region covering things. And we're going to we're going to talk about a few of those things today. Obviously, we can't talk about them all because that would be like a week of shows in itself. Yeah, um, we also uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of travel in the mm-hmm. uh, in the back nine this week uh, on PEI. Obviously, you just got back from there, but we're going to kind of revisit the trip that uh, that you and I took uh, sometime back and um Kevin and Jake Hame, Kevin and Jake Hame are going to have something to say about your position at the top of your swing. And we're, we got a little discussion we're going to have about uh, uh, the proliferation of special edition golf shoes, and mm. um, which has been a big thing lately. We're going to all talk about that in the back nine. But before we get to the back nine, as always, we have to get to the front nine. And the front nine is brought to us, you, by Metcalf Golf Club, natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Looking for a fun golf at a great rate, save 15%. When you prepay, visit MetcalfGolf.com to book or prepay for your golf. All right, 
let's dive in, Scott. The front nine. Yeah. Um, I guess the first the first thing is uh, is there's not a lot of events on the flagstick.com PGA of Ottawa uh, tour, but the assistance and senior championship took place uh, recently at the uh, Mississippi uh, Golf and Country Club, and of course Joe was there. And yep. uh, there's some uh, some uh, some good stuff that came out of that event for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, unfortunately, there wasn't a uh, enough uh, female players to play the the women's championship this year. Uh, they were participating, so it was just the uh, the assistance and the uh, senior championship that was uh, laid out. And uh, Steve Hall took the the main title with the uh, zone championship. Steve is uh, obviously out of the Ottawa Hunt Club now, uh, teaching there. And then Alan McGee of Edgewood won the assistance, and you know it was well attended. Uh, I think what you're seeing now within the zone is uh, a growing uh, group, uh, in the, especially in the seniors. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, some of us are getting a little bit older, uh, <laughs> past the 50 mark, <clears throat> the mark is yep. for, the, for the PGA. So uh, I was away for this one. So unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't play in it. I didn't participate. Um, but uh, yeah, good, good play there by both those gentlemen and uh, uh, good rounds there at Mississippi cool um now there's uh the the flagstick.com uh pg of ottawa tour zone championship is coming up so before we get to a few of the other news i was just yeah to let people know that the zone championship is the is the big daddy that's the culmination of uh of the season uh and uh that's going to be happening actually down near neck of the woods at the loyalist yep. the golf and country club and uh that should be um, that should be some outstanding golf played on a really, really, really good track. Yeah, it should be. Uh, 40 plus players uh, in that championship. So it's 36 holes. Uh, it's going to take place this coming Sunday afternoon and uh, Monday morning. Uh, Loyalists should be in good shape. They're currently holding a Toronto Players Tour event, and they recently held the Ontario Women's Amateur uh, as well. And uh, it's been a few years since uh, Loyalists host an event. They hosted uh, a, a an assistance event, I believe, mm -hmm. a few years back. And, uh, but anyways, I think players will enjoy that. Just really scoring will depend a lot on the win there. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've, <laughs> you've played it as well. Many times. Um, yeah. And uh, it certainly really depends on the wind. Uh, if the wind is up, scoring will be high. Uh, if the wind is down, scoring could potentially be low. But like I said, it's in, it's in great shape. Uh, Jeff James is going to be the host down there. And, uh, you know, it could be tough, too, for these players. They're going to play 36 uh, almost back-to-back -back as far as that afternoon yeah. morning. That's a little <clears throat> bit more compact. Uh, and then there will be a, a dinner on Sunday night. So I'll be out there attending that. And if people want to pay attention to our social media as well, uh, Twitter, uh, definitely Instagram as well. We'll be doing a lot of live updates and things from there. Uh, I'll be down for the uh, – I'll be there for the two days doing updates won't be playing uh, uh, but i'll be but i'll be doing updates so uh lots of other things going on so unfortunately i uh, can't really take the time to go there and you know what it's such a great event and, and it is your zone championship so you certainly want to be prepared uh when you go yeah no doubt no doubt um now it would not be a uh a proper front nine mm. <laughs> without uh without some some brooke henderson talk and yeah. um i don't think it's any I don't think we're announcing any surprises because you know it's it's um, it was a couple of weeks back now, but and well uh, covered, <laughs> yeah, and very well covered, um, you know, across the board. But um, our local sweetheart, I guess we'll call her mm -hmm. uh, Brooke Henderson, 
uh, picked up her second major championship uh, of her career uh, in France uh, at the uh, the Evian. I get well, sorry, I'm going to get the name of this wrong because it's the not Amundi the Avian. Avian Championship. Exactly, so it's, it's still the Avian Championship. It's just they have a different sponsor now. But, uh, but that's yeah, a big you know, one. It is. It's huge. I mean, they have five majors a year in the LPGA Tour, and and uh, you know, obviously, this is a run up and getting ready for uh, some other majors as well. But um, you know, Brooke has wanted that second major for quite some time. Uh, she's talked a lot about uh, sort of sort of validating her success of you know, you win one major. And you're thinking, oh, is it just a fluke? Can I win two? Mm -hmm. uh, 12th win as well. And I mean, if we sat back here and, you know, looked back 15 years ago and talked about, you know, her winning 12 LPJ tour events and, yeah. and two majors, we, we would have been wow. Uh, you know, that that pushed her over 10 million in career earnings as well. Um, and then she uh, followed up by withdrawing from the Scottish Open to to be ready for this week's uh, AIG Women's British Open. Right. Uh, again, it's a priority. It's a priority for her to win majors now. Um, and, you know, in, in talking with her over the last couple of weeks there, um, she, you know, she's really putting focus on being rested and being ready uh, when those majors happen and when all the tournaments happen. So, yeah, um, yeah. so it's, it's kind of neat how she's kind of working her schedule uh, towards peaking each time she's playing well and and the thing is too like um from what i know of the uh, of the evian championship of the majors that they play um you have to that particular one you have to be you have to go low like that's mm -hmm. not yeah, that is not a do. golf course yeah. where they're getting beat up and they're and they're you know yeah. one under two under three it's not yeah. a, an open championship or a u.s open championship type golf course it's a it's a little fairer test of golf beautiful golf course um but they generally do go pretty low so to win that major mm -hmm. it's not in because it's in a field because it's a it's a major so you're talking about the best of the best of the best right yeah you, everybody can go low so mm -hmm. To, to win that one and to shoot the kind of score that you shoot over the four days is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. And for her too, you know, she had to make a birdie on the last hole, yeah. um, you know, to win it by a stroke, which made it that much more dramatic, you know, kind of coming down to the end there and <coughs> excuse me. Um, she, uh, that's my coffee there. Um, yeah. I'm the one who's not feeling well. I remember that. Oh yeah. Um, but for her to, you know, make that putt at the last and do it in such dramatic a fashion, not having to go to a playoff um, was was fantastic. And yeah, I mean, this is a great preview for not only the, the Scottish this week, but, uh, you know, only weeks away from the uh, the CP Women's Open as well, which well, exactly. in her mind is a major. Exactly. Even even though it isn't, it, you know, it is a national yeah. championship and it's one yeah. that is very, very important to her. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. So, you know, she doesn't want to overplay going into these majors, but she doesn't also doesn't want to overplay, um, you know, going into uh, leading up to the CP Women's Open. So that's because that's so important to her, which which does bring us to, um, you know, we are only a month out from the CP Women's mm -hmm. Open. Yeah. Less than. Um, and there's, uh, you know, we uh, um, just recently we've uh, we've got some some stuff that we're going to be running uh, on flagstick.com that has is coming from the uh, organizers of the CP Women's Open and Golf Canada so um, we know that that coverage is starting to ramp up big time and they've mm -hmm. got a lot of plans um, for that week and uh, with the coverage and and uh, and so on and so forth and and of course we're going to be ramping up 
yeah uh, what we're doing leading up to that so what we we got going on scott yeah we got a we got a full team i mean obviously we have uh some more meetings to flush out some things of how we're going to do uh that week but certainly we'll have a lot of coverage daily uh from the tournament uh you can expect some stuff from a written standpoint a visual standpoint uh maybe some extra podcasts and things during the week as well uh full team there uh obviously your credentialed uh joe mcclain his wife paula who's going to help us with some things as far as from a female perspective and mm -hmm. looking at certain things as players. Uh, Chris Stevenson, who many oh, people will know yeah. from his long time with Post Media, uh, The Athletic, and uh, also TSN as well. He's going to join us for the week for part of our coverage as well. So we've got a big team uh, that's there for the week because it is a big deal for us. We obviously, uh, you know, last time that it was here in, in Ottawa, we had three of us doing coverage and stories, and it, it was... Uh, it was a bit of work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I caddied that week, actually, yes, as well. Uh, no word on that, if that's going to happen this year as well. <laughs> but uh, um, let's just say, you know, people can can look to flagstick.com and, and all our social channels and uh, everything for extensive coverage that week. Not only just what you'd expect uh, from gamers and things like that, yeah. but a lot from uh, behind the scenes as well and what goes on in, in hosting one of these tournaments uh, and getting together with some of the people behind the scenes, talking to some of the fans, all sorts of different angles, whatever it is, we will cover it. We're going to give it the uh, due respect uh, that, it, that it should have. So people should uh, pay attention to that one for sure. Beautiful. Now, um curtis barkley uh mm. is a great friend of flagstick we've known curtis for a long time and and you know curtis is getting a lot of attention um and rightfully so for uh for accomplishments that he's been uh, achieving over gosh i mean it's got to be at least the last four years now that yeah. uh, that he's been heavily participating um uh in the uh I guess I guess it would be the uh, the they call yeah, it, it's, yeah he's playing the European Disabled Golf Association right and then you know he, he basically he made a commitment uh, you know a few years back that you know there was more opportunities available for him uh, within these associations and obviously you know Golf Canada uh, Golf Ontario uh, the USGA now uh, you know has an adapted open or an adaptive uh, championship which he just recently participated in down in Pinehurst yeah. Uh, so yeah you know he's basically embracing uh, sort of a different level of golf but i mean he's still playing an amazing level yeah. of golf yeah it is a very high level and and he's uh and he's just recently won his fourth uh ontario disability championship with uh with some great play of 6970 at woodington yeah. lake um you know that right as we said on the heels of, of participating in his his first u.s adaptive championship at uh at pinehurst which would have yeah. been an amazing experience for him uh, it's great to see out of Curtis. I know, I know that he's got a lot of support behind him mm -hmm. uh, from the, you know, from the industry uh, entirely from the industry. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's great to see. I mean, uh, Curtis was one of our first winners of the uh, flagstick shootout at Smokers mm -hmm. Glen back when we, when we had yeah. that event. So, um, you know, he's, he's won, he's won at every level. Yeah, he has um, for sure. not just at the at these, you know, this no, no, no. I mean, like, OVJ championships, yeah, match plays, all sorts of different things, club championships. I mean, you know, this is a this is a guy who, you know, there's 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 nothing but ability here. There's yeah. nothing that says yeah. disability except for his physical 
you know, size and, and difficulties that he has to deal with. But, you know, it, it's incredible golf. As you said, 6970 wouldn't like. And, um, you know, I was talking to a caddy two days ago, uh, a caddy for another player that played in the championship. And he said, man, just just watching him play is just unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, you know, great on him. And, uh, you know, once his tournament season sort of winds down a bit, maybe we'll drag him on the podcast here. And that would be good. Yeah. Have, have a good chat. Had him on the, uh, you know, one of our old uh, podcasts or whatever. And, and uh, he's great to have a conversation with. And uh, certainly, like I said, his, his uh, competition schedule is pretty heavy right now. But, you know, once he gets back off the road, uh, maybe we'll we'll pop him on the podcast here. Yeah. And have a good chat with him. Of course, it is. Like you said, it is competitive golf season right now. Yeah. So and that's for everybody. Um, the OVGA City and District Championship, Scott, what's uh, um, um, that's uh, starting to wind down the OVGA season a little bit here, mm-hmm. too. So, yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah, they just had their uh, the city and district championships uh, for uh, for men and women, and uh, you know Haley Yerksa won the women's. Haley plays at Ottawa Hunt Club, uh, police police collegiate golf in the in the U.S. Uh, she's about to uh, move schools over to I believe Georgia Southern. She was at Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, fine player. Uh, did run into her this year at the. Ontario Women's Amateur had a little chat with her there. It all becomes a blur, all these Yeah, I know. After it's, a while. Pretty, it's pretty intense, yeah. yeah. You run into players here and there. Uh, and then Stefan Perre, which is a, which kind of a neat story as well. He, uh, you know, plays out of Renfrew and won the city and, and districts. And uh, they actually had Renfrew players uh, one, two, and tied for third. So that was a big finish by them nice. showing the strength of that golf course. As Valley well. strong, so, baby. <laughs> Valley strong. And they're certainly proud of it. And, uh, you know, there, there's no reason not to be for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, now it's intersectional season as well. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of winding through um, the better part of them at this point. We've done, we've had the men's intersectionals. Yep. We've had the ladies intersectionals. We've had the junior um, junior intersectionals. Uh, we're getting into uh, in the OVJ's realm. We're getting into the senior men's mm. and uh, senior ladies intersectional soon. But yep. um, some time ago, uh, the Quinty Kingston region started doing the intersectionals in the same fashion uh, as the OVJ right. with the and and um, they uh, they all kick off the fifteenth season mm-hmm. of their intersectional matches uh, uh, coming up on August the seventh. Yeah, they they will for sure. And, uh, you know, just briefly there, uh, Rito View did pick up the title at the OVGA Junior Intersectionals, uh, which was good to see. Uh, unfortunately, I did see one thing that I'm going to mention here, and it, I don't know if it's going to upset anyone, but um, there was one team that I saw in there that only had about half their players. Uh, and part of the reason it probably only had half the players is because they don't have that many juniors. And I think it may have to do with, you know, policies at golf courses where they're restricting juniors being to being able to join especially mm-hmm. during the pandemic and stuff like that so uh, you know just just note for for clubs and stuff like that this is the future of our game yeah you know, we've said it before on this podcast so um you know uh, good on those juniors that that played uh and played well for for their club but uh you know it'd certainly be nice to see more than four sections within the OVJ junior intersectionals when yeah. you compare it to the men's and the women's there's a lot more uh in those uh events and you know in the juniors there's only four sections that are there and it would certainly be nice to see more teams and more clubs with more juniors representing their clubs yeah i think and i think you're 
you're right on the money there, Scott, too, with, with respect to what's happened since the pandemic, because this is, um, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, I should, should preface this by saying, I'm not a golf course owner. Mm-hmm. I'm not a golf course manager. So I'm not going to profess to, to know the dollars and cents component of everything that goes on with everybody's business, nor am I going to profess to tell people how to run their business. If you, if you feel that the dollar, the, the bottom line is the most important thing and maybe coming off some tough seasons and coming off, you know, that it's more important to make sure that, that the money's going in the bank. And the best way to do that was to fill your membership with as many adult memberships as possible because there was such a high demand for that. And the $200 and $300 junior membership uh, is not the same as the $15, $16, $18, $2,000 adult membership. I get that. It's a significant amount of more more money. Um, But that's short-term gain um, Mm -hmm. and long-term pain because I I guarantee you, and, and you know, Mark, Mark my words right here, right now on this podcast, I guarantee you that the industry is continuing to go through a bit of a reset. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I'm, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm sharing anything that is, uh, that is um, surprising to anybody uh, in the industry that the big boom that we had during COVID where there was just wall to wall golfers on golf courses, no tee times available. I can tell you 100% that at courses that were wall-to-wall, yeah. I know those tee sheets are open. Yeah, I know they're... that there's lots of available space to play golf that, yeah. that in the same time period, July, mm-hmm. August, in those two seasons of COVID or the three seasons of COVID, um, those tee times were not available 24 mm-hmm. hours out, 48 hours out. You'd have to book seven days ahead if you were lucky to get a tee yeah. time before six o'clock at night. So don't tell me for a second that, that we're not seeing that reset. So what happens when those memberships this year, mm-hmm. those memberships that people bought at the end of last year to play this year, those people are starting to do more things this year and not use those memberships the same. Are they going to renew those memberships next year for next year, this fall, or are we going to, are we going to go back to, you know, two for ones and, mm-hmm. and $25 green fees with cart to fill tea sheets. I mean, is that, is that where we're headed? Cause that's where we were. Yeah. So is that where we're going? So well, the juniors are important. They are, they are important. And I think the biggest thing to, to, to take from this for, for people. And, you know, I've talked to a few operators now, you know, in different parts of the country, this is not just in, in our area, but all over. Um, the thing is with the, with this sort of happening, a lot of people won't talk to the operators and tell them about this. They'll just move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hear it. I hear yeah. people coming up to me going, well, I'm, I'm leaving that place because of, you know, what they've, their policy and what they've changed. And that, that's the adult who has their kid there. And, mm-hmm. you know, they see other things It may not be happening to them because their kid, you know, maybe because they're a full member, their kid can, can still be a, a, a junior member, but, they're seeing that, you know, shutdown of, you know, treatment of juniors in some places, and they're making a choice themselves to, mm-hmm. to make a move. So, and again, I'm not saying it's universal, but I'm just saying it's, it is happening and we are hearing about it. 
so it should be a concern as far as the industry and, and as far as the business uh, long term. So. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, so much has changed. And I, I know this is not really this is probably a back nine more than the front nine topic, <laughs> but we don't have a spot in the back nine to talk about this. So, yeah, um, so much has changed, you know, from a business perspective, even even with um, even with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not been um, hesitant or shy about telling on air to my clients, to my you know former clients, how much the last two to three years, and it continues on into this year, how much that COVID and the whole change in the industry and the way golf courses market has affected us financially and has mm-hmm. affected the way we've had to change the way we do, um, you know, run our business. Um, all I got to say is, and then we want to talk about the Canadian juniors for a few minutes before we take a break, but all I have to say about, and and honestly, any, any previous marketing partners of ours that have been out there, all I have to say about the type of marketing that you do now that you don't support, uh, what we do, uh, with flagstick is that Facebook and Twitter as companies don't Mm -hmm. cover your events. That's right. Yeah. We do. Yeah. And we can't do that and sustain that as a, as a model. If, if everybody continues to look at social media marketing, Google ads, Facebook ads, Twitter ads, Instagram ads, and look at those things as their primary source of marketing, because it's cheap yeah, and can be cheap and reaches as big audience as you think it might, it might reach. You'd be surprised how many people you actually do reach, but mm-hmm. uh, with engagements, but that's all I'm saying is there's more to what we do here right. than just provide a marketing medium. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. But the profiles on golf courses, the people, the tournaments that we cover, uh, this podcast, you know, all of that stuff costs money. And we can't, it, it doesn't just come out of my butt. You know, I mean, we have to sell advertising. That's what pays for it. Yeah. You know, so what's that model look like? down the road who knows i mean yeah. it just continues to be one struggle after another after another and it, yeah well i mean help. you know you you mentioned it as far as the canadian junior girls championship in the marshes mm-hmm. we were the only media outlet on site for that tournament a national championship happening here in ottawa yeah and we were there not only for the final day mm-hmm. each day yeah but the they'll all be coverage. at the cp women's open <laughs> I don't even know about that. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I, yeah. You know, but, but that, that said, even the ones that are there. So just understand for, you know, as far as community, sharing what happens in community, sharing things about every golf course, not just golf courses that are hosting national championships mm-hmm. and are in the spotlight and ones that people always know about. Yeah. We're the ones dropping into to all the other places and, and providing the news and the coverage. And you just look, have to look at our yeah. Twitter feed. You well, know, we've done 70,000 tweets in, in, in 12 years and, and they're just about everything. And I've had some people, honestly, I've had some people comment to me, well, um, you know, Flagstick used to be at everything. Flagstick used to show up and take pictures at all the charity events and this and that. And it's like, I, I get that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Flagstick used to do that. When gas was 58 cents a liter, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. used to do that, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, and there's more going on. Everything costs more money. Mm-hmm. We just, 
we can't, we simply can't remember in 1996, when I started the magazine, I was the only one covering events. Mm -hmm. Well, and, we actually, and, and, the people, the stories, and the so. people looked in a lot of cases, we actually provide more coverage now because we do. You know, the, the thing is people have to understand that, you know, if you go to an event, so the Marsh is a great example, you know, go there for that final day. It's very intense. You're there the whole day. You're taking, that's your whole focus, mm -hmm. right? So if you look at our Twitter feed that day, it's pretty much all about the marshes yeah. and the Canadian Junior Girls Championship. In a standard day, you'll see us, you know, yesterday, for an example, uh, Ontario Bantams, Canadian Amateur, uh, Kawartha Invitational. These are all things that we're, we're covering and providing coverage for when we can have the opportunity to kind of, you know, I don't want to say sit there, it's just monitor everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what it takes to, to pay attention and to monitor these things. And there's fantastic stories and things that are going on uh, throughout the region. Yes, we can't get to everything, no. but I guarantee you we get to as many as we possibly physically can within the hours of day. Okay. Um, all right. We could go on and on on that, but yeah. Um, on that note, the Canadian Junior Girls Championship. Let's just yes. let's just wrap up that event, and then we'll take a break, and and we'll get to uh, we'll get to some back nine stuff. But let's wrap up that event yeah. for our listeners. Yeah, great championship. Uh, Yeji Kwan, who's a 16 year old from uh, Port Coquitlam, BC, ended up taking the title. Uh, 11 under. She was 75 the first day, but came back with 67, 65, and 70 to win by nine shots. Nice. She was actually getting pressure from uh, two other players from British Columbia, Aaron Lee, who unfortunately uh, took a quad and a double early on the back nine uh, on uh, the final day, which kind of put her out of place. And Lucy. Lynn, who continues to impress me, the 12 year old yeah. who ended up, uh, you know, in the mix there. And she uh, was in the mix as well, the Ontario women's amateur. Uh, but yeah, Yeji, fantastic victory. And uh, she's continuing her hot play this, uh, this week at the AJGA event in Detroit. Um, but uh, she's a national team member or part of the, uh, the junior squad. And uh yeah, a fine play there. Uh, would have been nice to maybe see a few more volunteers there. They struggled a little bit with the, with volunteers uh, at that event, but uh, you know, Golf Canada put on a, a great job, a great hosting. Uh, rules officials were fantastic out there, and uh, you know, some of the best young players in the country. Uh, were there and uh, I, I wish uh, you know there was maybe 100 to 150 spectators by the end which was mm -hmm. kind of nice to see um, but certainly anytime those opportunities come to the national capital region or eastern Ontario people should attend because you know five years from now Yeji Kwan you never know what she's going to be doing yep. Yeji Kwan I, I said to her she shot 65 you know, I said, you've tied the the course record uh, set by Haijin Choi in 2015 at the World Junior Championships at the Marshes, who that exact same day when she shot the, uh, you know, on the final day, she was she was leading uh, at the Scottish Open. So you never know where these players are going to go or where they're going to end up. And you can say you saw them when. There you go. All right. Um, that was a long front nine, uh, but it that's was. OK. We still got <laughs> it in under two. Um but uh, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to head to the lesson to you with Kevin and Jay Kane. Uh, we are going to talk a little golf travel PEI style. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, special edition golf shoes on the back nine. So uh, don't go anywhere. Quick break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. With Z-Star Series Divide, Hideki sees it all. See? There's the spin. And boom. That's the line. Introducing the two-tone Z-Star Series Divide, only from Strixon. 
All right, welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast with your host, Jeff Botter and Scott McLeod. Uh, it is time for us to head out to the Lesson T. And the Lesson T is brought to you by Kevin Haim Golf School. It's always the right time to play better, whether you need private lessons, a better short game, some putting help, or even a custom club fitting. Visit kevinhaim.com. And remember, better golf is a lot more fun. Now, this week on the Lesson T, we're going to be talking with uh, Kevin and Jake Haim, who have something to say about the top of your swing that just might help you out. Check this out. Okay, today we're back on the lesson tee and we're working on structure at the top of your backswing, setting that club up in the right position so you can deliver it to the golf ball. So important. Uh, my model, Jake, here is going to show us how it's done wrong. First of all, what we see every day. Jake, what are some of the problems you see on the lesson tee all the time? Yeah, I think we see three major flaws. One is people tuck the elbow too close to them and get the club around them as a result. Yeah, this kind of digs into the ribs, that's no good. We see people pull the club back using the trail arm, so they pull the club around them too ah, much. Ah, the famous chicken wing here, or we call it the lawnmower starter. Your arm yeah. kind of goes that way instead of swinging. Or we'll also see a lot of lifting in the top of the backswing and floating the arms up for that reason. Yeah, too. trying to get more distance and moving around, and sometimes even the dreaded across the line, yeah. right, Jake? So. All you're trying to do is get those arms in a position that you can move forward properly. And uh, so we talk about the elbows staying together, not stuck to the body, but together. And we talk about pointing both elbows down, Jake. So, you know, let's see you do it properly. And I want to point out a couple of things here. So up we go. Beautiful chest turn, making room for the arms. And I've actually put tape on poor Jake here to show kind of those two lines. And if you look at this line, we've also taped it up. There's your triangle at the top you're sort of looking for. This doesn't have to be perfectly level, depending on posture and body, but pretty close. Let's do that one more time, Jake. So we swing up. And I want you to notice how the elbows haven't really separated. They're both pointed down, they're together, and that's about the distance Jake had them at the start. It doesn't have to be the identical distance, Jake. Uh, you struggle a little bit with this arm coming back, right? Yeah, I have a very wide chest. and I'm not very mobile in my upper back. So when I don't turn well enough early in my golf swing, I will tend to try to feel like my swing gets to full length by pulling my arms around me a little bit. Yeah, the worst thing Jake can do with a, with a wider chest and a big rib cage is try to go further than he can, right? So Yeah, which is why your length of backswing should really be dictated by what your body can do. Um, if you can turn properly in posture, uh, and keep the structure of your arms by keeping your elbows together, that will set the right length of back. I love that. Don't make it too long. Control it with body turn as you swing your arms. We want the elbows together. We want them pointed down. And if you do that, you'll get a better top of backswing position and you'll hit better shots. All right. Well, I'm not a golf pro, but that does seem like a, uh, 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 a legitimate tip to me. And why would yeah. we expect anything <clears throat> less from Kevin and, uh, and Jake's nice to see Jake jumping in there to do more mm -hmm. and more of the, uh, the tips with his dad. Um, uh, you know, we see in the old days, you saw a lot of unique golf swings, uh, on the tour, you know, the Lee Trevino's and Jim Furyk's even not that old, but, um, unique top of position uh, backswing positions and two but generally speaking where it is up there if it's in a good spot up there then that's going to initiate the proper movement coming down into uh through the hitting area i'm not a golf pro you are so i'll let you speak mm -hmm. to that part i'm an observer and a good golfer maybe yeah maybe. we see a, we do still still see a lot of uh variations that happen but you know within a certain 
frame, let's just say. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, really what they're talking about there is, you know, the one thing as golf pros, we always talk about fixing a lot of backswings. Um, you know, backswing uh, takes a lot longer than a downswing. Downswing is only a quarter of a second. So mm-hmm. it's really getting things organized in the backswing to prepare you for what's going to happen in the downswing. So, uh, you know, the, the things that they note there, uh, multiple uh, aspects of the backswing structure and, and common issues that we see there. Yes, there, there are things that we see happen uh, all the time. So certainly pay attention to those. Uh, if you want a better downswing, generally uh, your backswing motion has definitely got to be uh, positioned a little bit better. All right. Well, there you go. So you heard it, you saw it, check it out uh, on our YouTube channel. Anytime you want a refresher. Um, there's a lot of good golf tips up there from Kevin that have uh, appeared here on the Lesson T on the Flagstick Podcast. All right, jumping into the back nine, uh, presented by Golf Sim Gurus. Work on your game all year round in the privacy of your home. Custom golf simulators set up and built to your specs to fit your budget. Visit golfsimgurus.ca to learn more. Um, okay, you just got back from PEI. Mm-hmm. I have been to PEI once. <laughs> um, yes. Amazing trip, by the yeah. way. I mean, I know you bugged and bugged and bugged and bugged. You got to do, do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. Finally, we did it. And uh, and I'm glad that we did. And I, I can't wait to have the opportunity to uh, to get back out there. But um, we wanted to talk about on the heels of you having been back out there. And now that, you know, golf travel is, is we're back. We're getting back there. Like yeah, not, not everybody's comfortable sure. with it yet, but we're definitely, yeah. we're definitely back there. Um, and uh, we just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about PEI and the kinds of things that uh, people can expect and why PEI makes such a great um, mm. golf trip destination. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things straight away. Uh, you know, I spent some time uh, with Sam McPhail, who's the new executive director down there for, for golf PEI. Uh, Mark McLean, who was the longtime executive director, yeah. a good friend of ours. Uh, is now uh, switched over to working uh, in politics. He's now actually the Minister of Finance for Prince Edward Island, which Crazy. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is wild to think about that. But, uh, you know, he was an MLA and then, and then became that. But uh, just in having discussions with Sam and, and talking about, uh, you know, people going back and, and uh, getting involved with with trips there, there's a couple of things that, that really stand out. One, um, it's picturesque. You know, mm-hmm. you, wanna, you want a place that's pretty to go to. Uh, you want to go to a place that feels comfortable, that feels welcoming. Uh, people feel welcomed when they go to PEI, and you can attest to that and yeah, you can 100%. comment on that as well as far as, you know, how you felt when you went there for the first time. I'm biased because I've been there so often, but... Um, the other thing is um, quality golf courses. They have a mm-hmm. decent quality level of golf courses. They're close together. They're not far apart. So you don't have to go uh, driving four hours. Right. Uh, you know, you have to wake up and go, hey, guys, uh, you know, or girls, we've, we've, got a, we've got a four hour trip today to get to our next course. That's not necessarily the case. Uh, they're really good at organizing things at Golf PEI oh, as time. well. So, uh, you know, if you call them up and want to arrange a package, arrange a quote, uh, they're very good at doing that. And the neat part for them is it's uh, the people that are organizing and, and you know, handling those calls not only know about the golf courses they also know about the experiences that are around them and as we know when we're going on trips 
um, it's not just the golf courses. It's it's the dining. It's the accommodations. Big it's time. all the other extracurricular things that you can go to, and they know about those. So, you know, the key thing I always say, and you know, we get tons of DMs every year of people going, "I'm going to Prince Edward Island." You know, what should I look for? And I actually have some pretty much standard FAQs that I have for people or whatever. But first thing I say is, "What do you want to do besides golf?" You know, yeah, or what's exactly. the level? What's the level of golfer as well um that's the one thing they have golf courses that would suit the variety uh, of players as well um, for you what was your impression and experience because that that that's what always intrigues me is kind of you know what are people's impressions when they get there for the first time and it, and it feels like i'm some old man when i'm on the island and and i see people <laughs> and there are tourists and believe me i ran into a lot of them uh, you know, this time, and you know, I'll say, oh, you know, what brings you here? Why are you here? What did you like? What's your experience like? What are yeah. you enjoying? What was it for you that was interesting or, or stood out more than anything? Um, the steak and lobster at your mom's place. <laughs> <laughs> that was certainly that was certainly the initial highlight. Um, for me, for me, you know, it's it, I, I guess it, it may sound a little cliche, but it really wasn't any one thing. Um, okay. I think it was that when we were there, we experienced, um, we experienced, um, city life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we walked around, uh, you know, through the downtown core of, uh, of Charlottetown. Charlottetown yeah. Um, and people, and people should realize we're talking about city life here. This is not, it's not New York city here. <laughs> no, exactly. There's about 150 to 160,000 people on Prince Edward Island. That number pretty much doubles in, in the summertime. Well, with yeah. Tourists. But we're talking about a capital city with about 40,000 people. Right. There was, so there was the waterfront. Um, there was, you know, all the arts uh, that were mm -hmm. right downtown as well. There was the casino. Mm -hmm. um, there's the, uh, you know, when we were downtown, there was all these ships coming in, the, the cruise yep. ships coming in, which is just yep. really cool to see. Yep. Like, you don't see that everywhere. Um, yep. But you see that when you're just walking around. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many little tiny restaurants and and you know, we were, uh, we were in a couple there that were just small little restaurants, nothing. And, yep. you know, so you had that and then you had sort of the rural PEI, I guess. Mm -hmm. you, I mean, I guess the it rest is. of the rest of PEI yeah. is rural, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, you know, but it did, it didn't take long to get anywhere. So, so mm -hmm. you know, we were down, we were in Charlatan, then we were here, then we were there. Yeah. And it was like, like you said, it wasn't like four or five. It's like, if I want to go from Ottawa to Toronto, yeah. You know, we're talking about a four hour journey. Yeah. Whereas oh. our long, our longest trip was basically less. Well, it was about an hour out down yeah. the river up, up. We call it up West and down yeah. East down there, which people will it's get crazy. used to if they go down there. But, uh, you know, an hour was yeah. this big drive. And, and it, it's always funny on PEI because people are like, whoa, Mill River, you know, and there's, there's golfers that I know, golf I know. pros that have never been to Mill River that are on PEI, which I laugh because, you know obviously it's such a short distance away. It's like me, you know, driving halfway to Ottawa. It's like me to go into Smith Falls really more mm -hmm. than anything. So uh, you're right. It's, it's not far at all. So that was what, uh, you know, it was the overall, the variety of, of um, the, uh, where you could go, mm -hmm. um, the variety as a golfer, the variety of the golf that you could play right down, you know, the, the little nine holer, um, you know right on the right on the water there oh, belfast cool. highlands, belfast, yeah. highlands yeah. uh which was really cool to you know crowbush mm -hmm. uh you know to um you know 
Green Gables, like like all of that kind of stuff. You know, just the variety of everything was what in one spot, like yeah. just in that one spot. I know you go to like a, a big city and you're going to get variety of golf and, and you're going to get variety of entertainment and hotels and things like that, but it's not the same kind of pace. Right. I guess that's the other thing. Yeah, that, that is, is actually is the, a key. That's a key word right there. I mean, you're, you, you know, obviously living in the national capital region, you know, a lot of our listeners are in national capital region, Toronto, mm-hmm. so forth. Um, you know, the pace of life is fast. Yeah. And in PEI, while, you know, they do have a lot of modern amenities now. For sure. Um, but the pace of life is slightly different. It's, it's sort of a, we'll call it a rubber time as far as yeah. things are a little bit more casual and, you know, I won't say it's like going back in time, but it has that feel a little bit, which I think a lot of people are attracted to. It kind of rekindles their youth, maybe a little well, bit. Well, it is an island, right? So it's, it is. you know, it's kind of, I mean, isn't that sort of what island, island life, life is supposed to be? Yeah. You're supposed to yeah, get yeah. off the mainland, go to the island, kick back, relax, just do whatever. Hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, you got the beaches out there. Um, yep. Yes, you know, we're not talking, you know, we're not talking Florida beach in you know environment here we're talking you know pei beaches uh but man yeah. they're 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 world-class nice beaches out there there's... But there's lots of them unfortunately i think it was a little it was a little wet and windy the day <laughs> i tried to drag you out to the beach now people should remember you know when we went out it was yeah, near the fall. end of end of september so mm-hmm. not exactly swimming weather but i can guarantee you that you know if you want to spend some time on the beach uh 15 minutes you can be at a beach anywheres yeah. and i will tell you that within the two weeks that i was down there i probably went to 10 different beaches so different beaches mm-hmm. not just the same beach over and over again there's lots of different options that way so if you want to blend that into your trip certainly you could absolutely so um so for me that's you know that's pei for me which is you know why it's one of those destinations that um you know when the opportunity presents itself again i'll definitely want to go back yeah you know, and we and have world world class dining as well. We obviously were yeah. able to go to the the uh, uh, Bay Fortune. We went to uh, you know Michael Smith's place. We yes. were there for a, for a dinner, which again is you know it's world class as far as the the dining is concerned. You can take that experience and put it anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. and that it will be equivalent to that. But as you said, you know I don't know how much lobster you ate or down there. I think we had another <laughs> one down at Rods when we were down there, but uh, mussels. Yeah, mussels, everything, you know, coffee that was not coffee. But anyways, that's another story. Yeah. Um, but yes. uh, but we'll yeah, we'll just say in general, you know, there's a lot there to attract uh, different people as far as a destination. There's a lot of variety. And I think that's what appeals to a lot of people. Um, it appeals from a just a general straight out tourism standpoint mm-hmm. that people want to go because there is so much to it. It's just there's an extra bonus that there's golf courses kind of blended in and, and there. And, you know, I know we didn't get into a lot of specific courses, but, you know, you mentioned Crowbush, Belfast, Thunder Rave, Brunel, Mill River, Green Gables, Eagles Glen. There, there's a lot of variety that's there. We can get into more details if people want to, like, reach out if they have any more questions. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, as travel opens up here more, we'll probably have some more discussions on the podcast about travel. Yes, we will. Uh, and, uh, but, yeah, in general, if people are interested as far as Prince Edward Island is concerned, you know, I again, I said I'm biased. My family's been there on both sides for a mm-hmm. couple hundred years. But, you know, it's nice to hear your perspective and and how much that you enjoyed it on, on that initial trip there. 
Yeah, and when we're uh, you know we're moving into doing uh, more stuff uh, from a partnership perspective with uh, Golf PEI in the coming yeah. uh, the coming months. So, uh, you know, people should make sure they pay attention to flagstick.com. We'll probably have a significant more uh, uh, content up there uh, about PEI and and uh, particularly the golf because we are a golf website. But you know, <laughs> among the other things too, um, you know, like I said, in the coming months is uh, as we continue to build a, a strong partnership with uh, uh golf pei and that destination so there you go um and feel free to reach out to either scott or i if you want any more information yeah. about uh, about pei or golf and pei because uh you know if if i can't answer it i know that scott will be able to so find us online check us out yeah if you need ice cream in pei i can tell you about every dairy bar on prince edward island i guarantee <laughs> yes you that, he's so. not lying it's scary <laughs> it's ridiculous to say it was like me having my own personal tour guide because i i didn't necessarily need anybody from golf pei to to go around with me and tell me where to go and what to look at scott was uh, scott was my own personal tour guide for uh, the week that we were out there so um maybe he's for hire who knows <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? You never know. We've yeah. talked about some trips before for Flagstick. So, yes. Yes. You know. And maybe, maybe sometime we will uh, we'll get into doing more destination type uh, type avenues for Flagstick and Flagstick.com. Anyway, I digress. Moving on. Um, right. uh, we have to uh, we want to get to talking a little product. So uh, let's, mm -hmm. let's dive into our product. Watch. Uh, Presented by Greensmere Golf and Country Club, save 40% on all-day green fees with FlexPass for only $425 plus tax. Visit greensmere.com for more information. Now, this was an interesting topic, Scott, that we um, that you kind of put out here to discuss because yeah. I guess it's not your run-of-the-mill product uh, discussion, but you know, we wanted to talk about the uh, proliferation of uh, special edition golf shoes. So. Mm -hmm. um, before we dive into that, why don't, why don't you just explain to our audience uh, what what you mean by that and what, what it is that we're going to talk about here? Yeah, if people look at the, uh, the shoe industry in general, uh, what they'll notice a lot is that uh, manufacturers of shoes are obviously doing some different things to appeal to customers. Um, so they're collaborating with, uh, you know, other companies, other brands. Uh, they're also doing special edition shoes around specific events. So we see that in all sorts of different sports and aspects, and, and that has come over to golf. So what's happened is that, you know, you may have your standard golf shoes that are available for sale each year. Um, but you'll see that there are limited edition options that tend to be available or tend to pop up. And we're seeing more and more of that in the golf business. So uh, I, I guess part of it is not so much of just laying out, you know, what are the particular products, but, you know, what's the involvement with the brands? How much has it, has it grown? Um, you know, what are our thoughts on it of, of what it does and what's the impact as far as the golf industry uh, and maybe some of the neat things that we do see within it. Well, you know, what's interesting is it's an interesting topic too, because, you know, 
you see this in in other sporting uh circles as well so you see sure. it you know so some special shoes in the uh, in the olympics with track and field mm -hmm. um you see it in soccer with uh, yeah. at the professional soccer level you see it in in hockey particularly with uh, with world championship events you see the canadian flags on mm -hmm. on some of the skates and the american flags and things like that so you see that customization in other sports and of course you've seen it in golf i guess uh you know I'm not going to say the first uh, the first sort of um, the first sort of visual of customizing your golf shoes was the uh, was the MyJoys, but that was sort was of one, one of, of the, the first yeah. that that the consumer could pick and choose multiple right. components of a yeah. golf shoe. Yeah. Uh, and have them made whether they want to, I want this type of, of shoe with this color saddle mm -hmm. and this uh, wingtip and this embroidered logo uh, or my, you know, my name on it. I have, I actually myself have two pairs of, of uh, um, uh, my joys, my joys um, yeah. that have my name and, mm -hmm. uh, and some initials on them. One that we did through a contest uh, right. years and yep. years and years ago where we had people customize a pair of shoes for me. Say, hey, mm -hmm. what do you think my shoes should look like? And we picked which ones we thought were the best and we made yeah. a pair for them and a pair for me kind of thing. And um, I think people just want to stand out. I mean, that, that's the thing is that, you know, do you want to show up, uh, you know, in a situation, have the exact same thing on? Like we both have the same hoodie. I thought we right said now. we weren't going to draw attention to this. And you went and these, drew attention these, these to are from our These are from the Flagstick Open, by the way. That's the, we don't we don't go shopping, no, shopping together, just, just so people know. But yeah, people like to stand out. They like to have their own way of doing things. Mm -hmm. So that's what we see is that individual characteristics sort of come out, especially in footwear. And, you know, as it's become more common, I mean, there's companies now that just specialize totally in customizing shoes. They will mm -hmm. take a, a plain pair of white shoes and turn it into whatever you want. But um, these are ones that are released by the companies as you said you know footjoy was a, a key one to stand out and allow that customization uh, more manufacturers are kind of looking at that but you know what we're seeing is companies like nike adidas adidas is a great example there when you're talking about you know hockey for an example they did a collaboration with dustin johnson and wayne gretzky yeah and they did a shoe you know it was kind of had the edmonton oilers colors had a couple of different numbers on there one obviously for gretzky one one for dj um you know they'll do things around players mm -hmm. uh you know under armor will do some stuff r related to spieth uh we're starting to see as i mentioned collaborations between um you know different designers and, and companies where they'll yeah. embrace working with a designer and have them collaborate and and create a shoe uh, what i've seen for me personally and, and looking out at the marketplace i've seen more people uh, buying more shoes, mm -hmm. which is obviously what the goal is for these manufacturers. Yeah. And that doesn't make it a bad thing, nope, but it all. makes it more interesting for people when they go shoe shopping, uh, or maybe there's something like a, a major coming up mm -hmm. and you'll see that. And, and that seems to be a key one right now is that manufacturers will come out with, you know, custom colors that are related to that major or a, a, a custom theme. Maybe it's something that's happening in, you know, the, the open championship. Yeah. So you'll see, you know, Harris tweed saddles uh, on, you know, some shoes or, you know, it's masters. You'll see the traditional green and yellow colors, but some variation of it within the soles, whether it's, you know, G4 or, uh, you know, another company doing that. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, 
it's a bad thing. No, nope, I, I don't think, think it is a, at all. I think it's a bad thing for people's wallets sometimes. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. I would rather see that type of uh, direction from the uh, from the golf manufacturing industry where they, they get into customizing, more customization of golf bags, mm. more customization of golf shoes, golf yeah. gloves, hats, um, giving the consumer some level of control Mm-hmm. uh as well to customize their own stuff mm-hmm. before they purchase it um, well especially if they're putting that much investment in exactly. it. and we and you know we certainly have seen that in like golf shafts for an example i i know it's difficult right now because of supply chain issues and and more than anything but you're right as far as uh people wanting to stand out uh certainly you know if they are making that investment in those products and yeah we're not saying these things are cheap um you know, that's a, a much cooler way to engage yeah. consumers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like buy, uh, spend three or $400 on a, on a pair of shoes. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I'm not saying don't buy a new driver, new, buy a new wedge. Or no, whatever. no, no, that's no, not no. what I'm saying. What I'm saying yeah. is that, you know, buy a new driver if you want to buy a new driver. But mm. the shoes that you wear, buy a quality pair of golf shoes that are unique to you that you're going to you're going to wear those for a long time. Yeah. And they're important to your feet as it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, put the investment into that. And and that's the kind of thing that that uh, you can repeat buying mm-hmm. that uh, year after year is you can buy another new pair of shoes next year. Yeah, or you can buy a new driver. You can buy another new driver next year, too. But is it right. going to be? that much better than the one you bought the year before well and the you know thing I mean? is too yeah and the thing is too for golf shoes is they're more fashion related uh you know there's some performance benefits to it mm-hmm. but they're more fashion related than say a driver is which yeah. person you know people will obviously customize you know drivers there's programs within companies that yeah. you know they can have custom colored heads and and obviously choose different shafts and stuff like that but they're likely not to buy that as much from a fashion perspective absolutely i have sitting over here on the other side of my my studio office here i have a rack there's 16 pairs of golf shoes in that rack is that it right now yeah (laughs) um that fit of the 16 pairs of golf shoes in that rack there are no two pairs of golf shoes that have the same pattern or color scheme to there's all black ones there's all white ones there's white saddles there's brown saddles there's green ones green and white ones there's black and red ones there's yeah, you know, and it depends when I, you know, I do have my go to pair of shoes that are very comfortable that I wear more often that go with everything. But then if mm-hmm. I happen to put on, you know, a khaki colored pair of shorts and a dark green golf shirt to go out and play, well, I've got my cool uh, green and, and tan golf shoes that are customized here that I'd wear with that. But I mm-hmm. wouldn't put those on if I was wearing black and red. Sure. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just, you know. And not everybody's fashion conscious when they go out to play. Some people just slap on whatever they feel like yeah, and go yeah, play because yeah, it's sure. not it's it's not it's not a visual thing for a lot of people. The golf is golf. It's not a fashion show, but for a lot of people, you know, looking good when you go to the golf course is important. Yeah. Well, it's just it, it's part of it, and I think it's a nice progressive way that the game has evolved uh, to provide those options for people and to make it personal. Now, I have one question kind of out of this. Mm-hmm. Would you prefer to buy a special edition, you know, revolving one of the majors or around a specific player, or would you prefer to customize your own through a program with a company where you could just do whatever you wanted? I'd rather customize my own. Okay. All right. I'm 
you know, I mean, I, that's actually a decent poll. I should actually put that one. Yeah, it is. I think there's probably some people that would prefer the, the, uh, the, the prior, but yeah, um, for sure. I guess it depends. I I guess too, it would depend on the, the special edition. If there were a special edition for Mm. a major and they were a cool looking shoe. Yeah. Then I might say, Hey God, I got to have me that. Yeah. But now I haven't, now I haven't seen, uh, the one thing I haven't seen in the golf shoe business as much as I've had uh, seen in the shoe business is that, you know, there's not as much of a secondary market, which is what we see in the shoe business. There is some, mm-hmm. I will definitely say it. I will tell you right now that, uh, shoes like the Nike air Jordan, uh, golf shoes, a special edition. If you go back to the Chicago ones, uh, they're reselling for close to $2,000 yes. plus right now, but we certainly haven't seen the resale market as much. People are sort of, you know, they make use of them more than anything, but that would be interesting as well to see how that evolves. Yeah. Uh, we are certainly seeing the, you know, there is some of that that's out there and it would be interesting to see how that progresses. And if, you know, if manufacturers are starting to do that, because you got to remember too, from a marketing standpoint, that actually helps the manufacturers in some ways, because people will, you know, there's an excitement over a special edition shoe. And if, you know, there's a resale secondary market, there's more people, you know, that are fervent about, you know, getting a hold of those shoes. And that does help a little bit of the marketing. So uh, interesting aspects of yeah, it. Sure. Some things that maybe, uh, you know, maybe some people weren't even aware of. Uh, I have people that, you know, don't even know about custom shoes or, or major uh, additions or things like that. But uh, we just sort of wanted to bring that to light today. And thus we have. There we and go. Thus we have. Awesome. Awesome show. Uh, before we uh, before we get out of here, I uh, just want to remind everybody that we are still doing the uh, YouTube contest, YouTube subscriber contest. Uh, so what you need to do if you want to win is uh, you need to head over to our Flagstick uh, channel on YouTube. You need to subscribe to the channel and uh, pick any video you like to watch and yep. uh, leave a comment on that video. And the comment needs to be, I want to win free stuff or something like that. Uh, we have seen some variations and that's fine. <laughs> and uh, with that, you'll have your chance to win a uh, Cleveland uh, Zipcore wedge, yep. a Cleveland frontline putter or a dozen Strixon golf balls. So one of the three things will be uh, available and we're going to be closing that contest out uh, probably maybe after this week's show, we'll, we'll see, we might extend it one more week, but uh, uh, yeah. So Get on over to the Flagstick channel, flagstick.com. You can click on the link there too. Yeah. We should right. remind her two ball championship. Two as ball well. championship. Yeah. yeah. Visit flagstick.com. Uh, we got to close off registration for that very, very soon because of shirt sizes. So head on over to flagstick.com and uh, register for the Flagstick two ball, which will be happening September 10th and 11th at the uh, Brockville Country Club. Uh, all right. We got to get out of here, Scott McLeod. Uh, thank you. We've got to thank our sponsors. Uh, once again, Metcalf Golf Club, Golf Sim Gurus, Greensmere Golf and Country Club, Kevin Haim Golf School, and our presenting sponsor, Strixon Golf Balls. Whether you're looking for a premium urethane option in the Z-Star Series, a quality budget option in the soft feel or somewhere in between with the Q-Star Tours, Strixon Golf is bound to present an option that will work for your game. Visit Strixon.ca for more information. Uh, glad you're tuning in and watching and listening to this podcast. We love having you with us. Uh, 
Be sure to follow us across all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Audible, and Apple Podcasts. Do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's a chance to win some stuff, so do that. Like us, click the notification bell to make sure you never miss a single episode of this podcast. And head on over to flagstick.com for more awesome content delivered every day for you. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. So until next week, I am Jeff Botter. And I'm Scott McLeod. And always remember, go for the stick.